Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Fatherhood and Parents at Work. Here at the table with me today are the other two founders of the-father-hood.com. Nine children between us, fellas. I'll start off. I'm the proud father of three gorgeous daughters aged eight, six, and four. <laughs> Luke, what's happening at your place? I've just got two little boys. Um, one is two and a half and the other one is 15 months old. Hello, I'm Andrew. I have four children, a stepdaughter who's 21 and three girls, five, four, and three. When you said that the roll call before, it was like nine children and six bags under our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we're in there with you, the dads. So, we and that's are. why we're here. And that's what's different about this podcast. That's right. We're, well, that's where the fatherhood came from and where this podcast came from is trying to kind of navigate our way through and make best of this amazing opportunity we have as dads. Uh, but in today's environment, it's complicated. It's not, it is. It's, not it's harder. Easy. The rule book's gone, Luke. So we've got a really big topic for you today, which is men's mental health, because there's a lot of reports out there that suggest that a lot of dads out there, they're really struggling. Mm. Yeah, Fellas? my members just released some research, actually, that said that seven in 10 dads said that their stress levels, unsurprisingly, went up after having children. Mm. Luke, relate? Well, I think, uh, it, it, yeah, definitely makes sense. Because I think, again, I've, I've read that apparently when men become dads, they keep working just the same number of hours as they did before, but suddenly they're doing they're more involved in their children's lives than ever before. So that balancing act, they've got a lot on their plate. It just mm. the stress levels go up. The the whether it's a relationship, you you know, with your partner, whether it's there's like, suddenly this invader on your relationship. Yeah, you know? that's right. <laughs> or invaders in, in our case. Yeah. A marauding horde. And then with work, you need to be providing financially for the for the house. So therefore you can't get sacked at work. So the stress mm. levels go up there. You become isolated, don't see your mates as much, so therefore you're sort of carrying a bit of this on your own emotionally as well. So, it's... And not, not to continue the doom party, but there's, there's less time for fitness, there's a hell of a lot less sex. Yeah. Self-care goes out the window. Yeah, yeah. so there's, there's a problem here, and, and luckily, well, you've been telling us you've got someone that's going to help us with it, so yeah. we're waiting. So this week I spoke to Associate Professor Richard Fletcher. Now, he has been studying fatherhood in Australia for the last 20 years, so he's really seen how it's evolved. Um, he works at the University of Newcastle, where he heads up the Fathers and Families Research Program. And here's what he had to say about what he sees happening with Dad's mental health. I'm delighted to be joined today by Professor Richard Fletcher. He's the head of the Fathers and Families Research Program at the University of Newcastle. And he's also the author of The Dad Factor, a book showing how father-baby bonding helps a baby for life. Richard, becoming a parent is a life-changing event, but it can also be a challenging one too. We know that, sadly, one in five mothers will experience perinatal anxiety or depression. But how does that compare to the plight of dads? Well, it compares uh, very similarly in one way in that the symptoms look pretty much the same in that they're unhappy lose interest in things and feel a lack of involvement. The impact is the same in the sense of their baby is affected by that, of course, as well as their partner. The rates, as far as we know, are about half for dads. So we usually use a figure about one in 10 for dads uh, that'll have anxiety, depression uh, in that period from pregnancy through till uh, the baby's one year old, and that's a critical time, of course, for the family and for the baby. And so what are some of the contributory factors that can trigger um, 
perinatal anxiety or depression in dads? Well, the common factor for mums and dads is a previous history of depression. That's the most likely uh, factor we can identify in terms of who's most likely to experience depression, for example. Uh, the other things for dads, though, are the dislocation that sometimes happens where the whole process around the birth and those first couple of months seems to revolve around the mother and the support that she might need. And the father is either left out of the picture altogether uh, or is uh, expected to just pick up the, um, pick up the pieces and uh, do his job of bringing in the money, getting back to work and so on, looking after the other kids if they've got them. So that sort of dislocation can be a factor and dads can lose a sense of uh, their confidence with the new baby. That's a factor in terms of dad's anxiety and, and depression. And so is that, is that bond, that, um, with that dislocation between um, dads and the new babies, is that something that is generally just built up over, over time? Yes, and of course time's a big issue uh, for new fathers because our current social arrangements means that dads usually go back to work after two weeks and then their time uh, with the baby, with the new baby, uh, is when they, before they go to work and when they get home. And that's not actually the best time to be interacting with a new baby if you want to make the most of those moments where the baby's uh, fed enough and rested enough to interact with you. Crucial things that happen in the way that you look at the baby and the baby looks at you those sorts of important moments that build up the connection between the dad and the baby, that's a bit restricted when you only get to see them uh, early in the morning or late at night. So I guess, in other words, if you do have the opportunity to take um, parental leave, then that's only going to um, enhance your chances of building up that bond with your baby uh, a little bit quicker. Yes, and I think that's an important message for fathers because the fathers that I've worked with over the years uh, many of them are quite unsure about, well, how important is that, you know, really? Until the baby's old enough to kick a football or something, do they really need me so much? Well, the answer is yes, they do. And that bond isn't going to be something that's best started when the baby's two or three years old. That bond is going to be best started uh, before the birth, thinking about the baby, but certainly once the baby's born, by interacting. And so, yeah, take as much leave as you possibly can get. Because um, the studies today show that dads today, they're more actively involved in their kids' lives than ever before. Um, and while that's obviously a really positive development, not just for dads, but for families everywhere, do you think that can also potentially add to the, the pressures that some dads feel they're under? I think it can because the, uh, the, the pressure to do everything without any real guidelines, I think that, that can be a... A difficult thing. You're expected to do as much as you can at home. You're still expected uh, to be making up probably for some lost income uh, when you're uh, when the mother isn't working. So I think that sort of pressure about doing everything without really much support, and that's not just in terms of parental leave. It's also, uh, for example, who who will you do it with? If you want to hang out with your baby, not just by yourself. Uh, well, how are you going to find other blokes who've also got their baby um, that day? I think those sorts of structures around us aren't very supportive yet. 
we're getting there, but we've got a long way to go till they're supportive enough for fathers. Yes, in the, in the interview you did for our book, um, you, you actually said that, you mentioned how there's no real blueprint, if you like, for the, the new model of fatherhood, and that dads today, they're almost, if you like, pioneers. Yes, well, most of the dads today uh, didn't have their dads at home very long when they were uh, first born. That wasn't the norm when they were born. Uh, in fact, it was the, the opposite. The, dad, the norm was very much dads would not be involved much in the birth around that time, and they would certainly be off back at work as soon as possible. So they wouldn't have had their own dad as a model for this period. And I think that's got to get separate, that it wasn't their, their dad was no good or a bad model. It's just that wasn't done then. So dads now have to figure it out themselves. So moving back to the here and now, what do you think that new dads can do um, in order to try and look after themselves better and potentially offset this threat of anxiety or depression? Uh, I think they could can be very strong about how important they are for their baby's uh, well-being and development and not let those ideas like, oh, you're a second-rate parent or you're a secondary parent or you're not so important, get, let those ideas get in the way of looking to have interaction with your baby. I think there's a, a time for dads to be speaking up about what they need um, because it is true that dads feel that they have to hold it together. So if the mum's struggling, for example, at all, with breastfeeding, for example, which is pretty common, uh, then the dads feel, well, they have to be pretty strong and uh, don't, don't talk about anything that might be difficult for them. And uh, that's not the best approach. That's not the best approach for the family. So I think dads do need to both speak up for support and recognition, but also speak up and ask uh, either a mate or some professional uh, for a hand when they're not feeling good. Professor Richard Fletcher, thanks very much for your time today. Okay, thank you, Luke. So that was Richard Fletcher. He's like, he is so highly regarded within the fatherhood space, and you can see why, having heard what he said there. Um, what do you take out of it, Andrew? Look, the, the part that resonated with me is that in the early days of my first child's life, I did feel utterly useless, mm. and I reacted to that by withdrawing. And he talks about how a lot of dads hang on the fringes until they can kick a footy with a kid, which seems to be the dad role. And I think his message, if I'd have heard that in the first week of Indy's life when she was born five years ago, I would have snapped out of a funk a lot quicker. Mm. Instead, it took me months and it took an intervention from my wife to say, here's the baby, I'm going away for two days or a day, you're going to be fine. Mm. And me getting into it and then forming a bond and becoming a dad in that two days. Mm -hmm. So, you, you, Richard, you would have saved me a lot of time. Um, <laughs> where were you when I needed you? Because <laughs> there is that thing. If dads retract in the way that you did, um, it then increases the skill gap because they're not as hands-on in changing nappies or bath time or preparing formula or whatever it might be. Mm. You just haven't done it as much, so therefore you lose confidence and you get further pushed away. There's a real wisdom in that. Get involved and therefore you'll be more involved by just getting your hands dirty right from the get-go. Yeah, because otherwise you end up in that role as sort of mum's assistant. Yeah. That's and you're not mum's assistant. You're not mum's <laughs> assistant. <laughs> I read no. that on one of our posters. I liked what he said about um, social isolation because I think I found that when my kids were really small, you know, work was crazy, things were quite uh, daunting at home for my wife and, you know, it felt like a real sort of self-indulgence to be going out for 
have catch up with some mates for a beer, you know, mm. so you don't do it. But it's kind of like you need to be able to like unwind as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, that's And that's another thing. If I had my early years of my kids back again, I think personally I would have not seen that sort of, whether it's catching up with friends or exercising or something that's actually helping to build yourself up and your own resilience, to see that as an investment for the family. In, in investment in yourself is an investment for the family. It's actually not a selfish thing to do. If I had my time again, I would have done more of that. I think I was so determined on being the best dad I possibly could be that I suffered and my family suffered as a result of that. Yeah, my mental health went backwards. My physical health declined. Um, so, yeah, there's, again, some really great information there. I wish I had have heard 10 years ago. <laughs> it would have been handy. It's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Thank you. I think the other part of the the interview that that just was a lightning bolt to me was just this simple declarative affirmation that bonding with your children in the first years of their life is valuable and building for the future because you can feel when there's like uh, do you have this thing it's it's sort of a bad thing to admit but do you have this thing with when your kids were young you're like they're not going to remember that yeah. <laughs> I think most parents are just nodding, maybe not maybe yeah. not agreeing in any way that people can see, but I know that I'm guilty of thinking they're not going to remember that. Whereas Richard's very big mm. on there being in bonds formed, looking in children's eyes in these early years. And again, I don't want to bring up the nappy thing, but there's a lot of people, John Legend included, um, who talk about this this bond being formed that while there may not be memory as such, I'm mm. sure there's a psychologist or psych that could help us with this, but there's something really material, tangible about this bond that's formed. Luke, you're yeah, nodding. Yeah, I mean, well, Richard's actually written a whole book about this called The Father Bond, and he, <clears throat> in it he explains how the time dad spends with his, with his baby in those early months is actually massive for its, its cognitive, its physical and emotional development. So... You know, you're not just sort of playing peekaboo. You're actually, you <laughs> yeah. know, you're really helping real. you're helping your child. Yes, and they're not. Maybe, maybe they won't talk about it. Their 21st birthday, <laughs> <laughs> that be changing soon. But it, it means you'll probably it's be at their 21st birthday. It's our job to remind them of that with a, a PowerPoint presentation. I think. Look, uh, the the point is, Richard Fletcher has so much to add to the dad discussion. If you don't know his work, we, we hopefully have maybe opened your eyes to what a a master he is in in this space and and uh we're grateful for his time mm. the other thing he did just to, the kind of final thing i would say is he talked about openly how much how much dads can struggle and how tough it can be and that's part of the challenge is admitting to ourselves and admitting to the people around us that things aren't all rosy and i think often dads sit back and don't feel that they can say I'm struggling a bit, you know, and so if that up, we know that when dads, when men become fathers, is a key time when things can be tough. So if there's a message I'd take away from what Richard said. It's if I was a new dad again, it would be reach out to your mates or reach out to your family members or whoever it is or a health professional if you're struggling because it's really, really normal that that would happen. Actually, there's a maybe we could have a resolution. Do you want to? I'm going to have a playful resolution to this one mm. that we try not to say the f word, and the f word is fine. Mm. Because men are guilty of this. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. So I feel like a lot of my mates felt pressure to, to say the F word through fatherhood. Whereas it's, I think Richard would have you say exactly how you were at that point mm. in time, whatever that is. And you may find yourself with a, a sympathetic ear if you're talking to another dad. Absolutely. And I think a lot of dads are also particularly reticent about sharing their problems with their, with their partners. Because, you know, you might not have had much sleep last night, but you're kind of thinking, oh... 
And my wife, she, she maybe she's like breastfeeding. She just had even less sleep. You don't mm. want to burden her with those added, those added added problems as well. So yeah, you speak to your partner, speak to your mates. Some really big important stuff there. Mm. So avoid that, avoid the F word. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up another podcast by us, the Fatherhood, uh, in partnership with Parents at Work. Uh, if you'd like us to cover any topics that you might be struggling with or enjoying at the moment, please contact us at contact at the-father-hood.com. Thanks very much, Luke. Thank you. Thanks. And if you want to tag us in your crazy dad life, that's easy too, at the.father.hood on Instagram. And look, on that social account, it's always so dad. It's good. for listening to another great podcast proudly brought to you by Parents at Work. We hope you feel inspired and you've got some fresh practical ideas to help you with your work-life balance. If you like what you've heard, please share it with others and subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast page. And remember, if you need extra support or would like to send us your feedback, please email info at parentsatwork.com.au.